The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour with Josh Dunn and Anshu Khanna. You are now in the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. I am Josh Dunn. I am joined as always by Anshu Khanna. Anshu, we've got one more week of regular season NFL football. I know you've got to be feeling pretty good after last Sunday night, uh, but how are you feeling tonight, my friend? We're recording on Wednesday per usual. Yeah, I'm feeling kind of sad. Like, we're done. I mean, this is a fantasy hour, and we'll, we'll talk DFS, and we'll talk, you know, the lines, but uh, fantasy football's over. It sucks. I mean, it's like the thing every single day there's something. I know you're in the same boat as me, but, like, you know, you, you start thinking about – you got Monday Night Football. You start thinking about waivers Tuesday. You put them in Wednesday – you got the games Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you're mulling over your lineups, you know, Sunday you're, you're back at it. And so, um, it kind of sucks. I feel like my week is a little bit empty. I don't know if you share that same, although you might be fatigued having played in three finals last week. No, I mean, it's, it is, it does take a little bit of the, you know, obviously that's the fun of, of fantasy is looking at it, you know, after the week and preparing for the next week and having four leagues like both of us do. It's, it does kind of leave an emptiness there for sure. I, and obviously like, you know, being in those three championships, they didn't go so well, you know, winning one out of three, but you know, you're happy to be playing that, that final week when, uh, you know, there's money to be won. So can't complain with the way things went. I know you had a tough week, uh, you know, in the semis, but when you have an opportunity to sit back and look at the season, I mean, you've got to be feel pretty good with, you know, the teams that you put together and the moves that you made and, it was fun, but we're going to have to wait a few months to do it again. But ho- hopefully we can, uh, you know, hopefully we can stave off that uh, that frustration with some, some solid fantasy football, or, or, excuse me, DFS in the playoffs and, and uh, you know, obviously bet on some playoff games. So we'll go through all the betting lines for each game, looking at BovadaSportsBook.com as usual for those games. And uh, we'll give you all the lines and give us our give you our thoughts on, on what we expect out of Week 17, aren't you? But talking to you right before we started recording here, there's a lot of injuries. Obviously, there's some interesting themes here for the playoff push, but a lot of injuries, and we're going to get to each and every game. Uh, but some things that I didn't see coming. I mean, we'll talk about it, but uh, a lot going on, a lot to unpack this week as we look toward Week 17 and the final week of the regular season in the NFL. Without further ado, what do you say we get to it? No Saturday games this week. Everything's on Sunday uh, mm-hmm. this final week. But uh, let's start it out with the 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock Eastern games and go to Falcons Bucks. Uh, you know, Tom Brady was quoted saying this week uh, I, I, something along the lines of, I don't play this game for anything but rings when asked about the Pro Bowl. You, you feel like that fire is certainly back for Brady, and obviously the week they had a week ago against the Lions, I, it was just laughable. Obviously, Matt Stafford goes down. You never like to see that. But Tom Brady in that first half throwing for four touchdowns, you know, he had over 300 yards, I believe, in that first half. And, you know, even Blaine Gabbert came in and had success against the Lions defense. Now they play Atlanta who, you know, a week ago we were talking about as one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL, but they pretty much shut down Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs after losing another game they should have won. This Falcons team is 
for, could write a book on that. But the Buccaneers really, I mean, obviously still have a lot to play for with playoff positioning here. Do the Falcons have anything to play for at this point? What do you think? Six and a half points is the line for the home Bucks on Bovada. Yeah, I mean, I I would have said there isn't anything to play for for the Bucks, but or sorry for the Falcons, but they've been playing their asses off all season. Like, I mean, they were basically dead till like the last you know, five through, minutes of every game. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But uh, you know, I like I think one of the weirdest games I brought this up before on the show is that Falcons Raiders game where they just blew the doors off the Raiders to me. That was like a, a shift in the way I thought of this team under Raheem Morris. And they've been playing really hard. They gave up six points in that game, 21 to the Saints, 20 to the Chargers. They do give up 31 to the Bucks, But remember, they had that game on lock. Like, as you pointed out, they were, I mean, repeatedly that pattern for them has been that they're killing teams. Um, they had that game completely locked down. And then, you know, and then they only give up 17 to the Chiefs. So I just feel like they're they're definitely playing out the string where other teams aren't. And, um, you know, your Bengals are certainly one of those teams as well playing out the string. And I just, you know, I, I don't know. I think that like the Bucks, you, you're right. They have some stuff to play for, but really like not that much. I mean, it wouldn't be a surprise to me at all if Tom Brady only plays, you know, a series in this game, or if he doesn't even play because it is for seeding for them, but they can't win the division. They can't fall out of the division. And, well, you know, it might help with a second round matchup in some odd scenario. I mean, it's basically like they're going to be on the road for multiple, I mean, really for the entire duration of the NFC playoffs that they're in. So, um, you know, they, I mean, they're right now looking at playing Washington, which, or whoever wins the NFC East, which is a nice, nice draw. And I got to say, like, I, I, this is probably the scariest team in the NFC, I think, as a Packer fan because of what they did to the Packers earlier and just, you know, We've talked about it repeatedly, but all these weapons, and I know Gronk was a tilting player for you last weekend, but, you know, if they're if they're getting him involved and they have all three of those receivers and Ronald Jones is back, I mean, they've, they've got as much talent offensively as we know as anyone in the league, and it's, it seems to be clicking now. Yeah, and, and we talked about this a week or two ago. If they can get it figured out here toward the end of the season, they will be a scary team in the playoffs. And, you know, they just need to take care of business against the Falcons. The Falcons' offense has been pretty bad these last couple weeks. Their run game has been, you know, ever since Gurley kind of just fizzled. Uh, you know, Ito mm-hmm. Smith has really been their primary back, and he hasn't been great. Brian Hill hasn't been great. Um, and, and obviously Julio's been out for quite a few weeks. So I, I don't expect this to be a difficult task for the Bucks to come in here and win this. I don't think that it'll be as easy as it was against Detroit, uh, but I think they should come in here and take care of business. But to your point, if they're resting starters, you know, maybe they, maybe the Falcons backdoor cover or something along those lines. I don't yeah. see, I don't see the 50 and a half though, regardless. I don't think uh, this is going to be uh, this, this high scoring affair. I think Atlanta's mm-hmm. defense is better than people give them credit for better than they were throughout ma- the majority of this season. And they, f- to your point, they're still playing like they have something to play for, even if they really don't. So yeah. um, they're the, in, you know, uh, uh, we'll see what they do in the off season. There's going to be a lot of unanswered questions, whether they move on from Matt Ryan, whether they move on from Julio, obviously Calvin Ridley's proven to be, uh, you know, capable of, of having that number one duty, but do they move on from who's been their franchise player through through all these years? So interesting storylines mm-hmm. for the offseason, but Tampa Bay certainly a lot to play for, and we'll see how they manage their starters in this game. All right, let's move on to that Baltimore-Cincinnati game in Cincinnati. Bengals, 13-point uh, underdogs at home. You love to see that. But honestly, you love to see the fight that you've seen out of the Bengals these last two games. Obviously, you know, Brandon Allen, I believe, was a FedEx Air Player of the Week last week. He had like 370 yards and 
Obviously, uh, you know, Houston's defense is very bad, but you saw Samaj P. Ryan have a big touchdown where he's bouncing off tackles. You you saw A.J. Green have a big catch in this game. Really, the defense stepping it up in moments where they needed to, although they did have, you know, some moments where they gave up uh, some big plays. I, I just, you like to see the fight. I know, you know, aren't you, you're big on <clears throat> getting the best draft pick, and me and you have had been at odds about that at times. I, I, I really do want them to get Panay Sewell. I do, but... I'm more happy to see them go into the offseason with momentum and see some of these guys come out and make plays. I mean, uh, we've got uh, just, just so many players to be excited about going into next season. I, I know Boyd's been hurt, uh, but T. Higgins could break the Bengals' all-time rookie record for yards and catches in this game. Wow. You know, those are storylines that are exciting when you look toward the future, especially when you don't know what the future holds for A.J. Green. But if they can cement an offensive line, if Joe Burrow can get healthy, and if this defense can add a few pieces, I gotta gotta be able to be excited again and to see them play with energy and with fight at the end of the season. To me, it's exciting. Otherwise, I, otherwise the Ravens, you know, kill this Bengals team. But you know, I think the Ravens win. I don't know about thirteen points with the way the Bengals have played the last two weeks. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how you can really like that spread. I mean, I we'll get to the Ravens in a sec. I think that the Bengals played super interesting because you know they're locked in basically now. Right to the three or four pick. I, I know actually they're not locked in because of that loss to the no, Texans. The yeah, the win. Or the win of the Texans, sorry. Yeah. And um yeah, I mean they're they're you know, if they if it costs them Sewell, you know, maybe they'll be kicking themselves down the line. But you know with these players and especially this coach, had they not shown this fight down the stretch, I think, you know, we'd be having a very different discussion about Zach Taylor. Now I think it's pretty clear that he'll be back. Um at least, you know, based on what we've seen the last two weeks and to beat, you know, these Texans, like they, yeah, maybe their defense hasn't been good, but like they, you know, they had nothing to lose for, you know, like they don't have that first round pick. So they're, they're fighting to the end. They're not in any way, shape or form trying to tank because they, they don't get to reap the rewards of that. So, um, you know, they've beaten two teams with quite a bit to play for here down the stretch. I think it's a, it's, you know, there there haven't been a lot of compliments thrown Zach Taylor's way, and I think that he probably deserves a little bit of credit here for this. Um, and Brandon Allen, like, you know, you talk about things to, you know, sort of play for. I think that, you know, for, for Brandon Allen, if he continues to look this good, if he looks good again this week, I mean, at least you've got, like, a pretty really solid backup that can come in and win a game. You know, I know that he didn't play in that Steelers game, but I think that that's it's a positive sign for sure if you're a Bengals fan. So, um, that being said, just want to get to the Ravens. Cause like they are, to me, they're clearly the biggest threat to this, to the, um, to the chiefs. And they might even like that game right now. I'm not super confident in the chiefs. Like, I, I mean, the chiefs struggled with the Falcons, the way that the Ravens are playing, the way Lamar Jackson's playing right now, they're dangerous. And especially if they get healthy in that secondary, I, I don't think that's a that's a matchup that the Chiefs are looking forward to at all. Now the Ravens can still miss the playoffs, and the Bengals can play spoiler. But I, I mean, I think everyone expects the Beng- the Ravens to win, and for them to you know win their first round game as well. Wouldn't be the uh, the first time the Bengals played spoiler. You remember them beating that Ravens team yeah. to to get the Bills into the playoffs uh, a few years ago. 
Mm -hmm. right at this time of the year. Andy Dalton throwing a touchdown pass to Tyler Boyd. So it wouldn't be the first time. I don't, I just don't see it. The Ravens, to your point, they're just so hot right now. This is the perfect time for them to get this way. Uh, I'm seeing a huge discrepancy. Bovada's got it at 13. I'm looking at 11 and a half elsewhere. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you can get that, that line at 13 on Bovada, I, I, I probably, I probably would take the Bengals plus 13. I don't like much else here, you know, but I, I do think the Ravens win this game. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a game where the Ravens kind of get up and then the, the, they, they rest the starters and the Bears yes. work their way back into it at the end and still end up losing it by a touchdown. But 13 points to me is just a lot uh, with the mm-hmm. way that they're playing. And, yeah, Brandon Allen, even if it's not with the Bengals, remember he was a practice squad quarterback and Ryan Finley was the backup. Brandon Allen ends up working his way up to the starter position. And, you know, even if he doesn't end up playing for the Bengals next year, he's certainly probably going to have a backup spot for a few years just based on his play these last couple of weeks, which you kind of like to see those storylines. Ryan Finley probably did mm-hmm. that against the Steelers as well on Monday night. So um, there's there's some good storylines here to keep an eye on as we go into the offseason for the Bengals. So, you know, as a disappointed Bengals fan overall, I'm, you know, it's it's just it's fun to see energy at the end of the season when they can easily just hang it up and, and, and kind of roll over. And, what do you uh, think it says about Zach Taylor? Like about it says he's earned team. another year. Well, ten years for yeah. for Bengals management. But <laughs> in a normal situation, I would say he's earned himself one more year. Go out there and see what you could do with a healthy Joe Burrow for a whole season. Make sure the team is willing to spend money on protection for him, knowing what we just saw, and and see what he can do with a with a healthier roster a year from now. But yeah. I, I still don't necessarily believe in him. But these last couple games, he's called good games, and you know I think that there still is an offensive mind behind some of the bad personnel decisions that I've seen him make at times. So I'm good to mm-hmm. give him one more year. You know, it, 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 I think you have a lot of players on this team and in this locker room now that you got rid of some of the cancerous uh, guys, and and there's a lot of people in this locker room that back him. And if if your players are doing that, you know that that's a good sign. I, I mean, I agree. And I mean, it, it, you don't just trip over into a 380, 375 plus yard passing day. You know, like, I, I don't care who you're playing, but especially for a team that's not tanking. Um, you know, it's I, I think it's a real testament to Taylor, honestly, like I, I as a semi biased observer, I, I you know, I want to see them do well. I kind of was looking forward to the possibility of them having a different play caller for for Burrow, but you know, when you see what they've done with Finley and Allen, I think it it bodes very, very well for next year, Joe Burrow's second year with more protection, as you point out. I mean, I think that that's and no Joe Mixon. I mean, they really have like a skeleton crew, and to do what they've done, I think again is it's it, you have to credit the coach. Yeah, agreed. So I'm pretty happy with where we're at, considering we had a quarterback franchise quarterback go down a few weeks ago for the season, mm-hmm. and you know they're they're still fighting. So. Yeah. All right, let's let's move on to uh, the NFC East, which we've loved talking about this year. We've got uh, Cowboys Giants. Uh, this, this this division is is it's if Washington wins, they're in, or they have they have they essentially clinched already in this? Division? No, that's right. So three of these teams can win it. Whoever wins Cowboys, this game right? will be Cowboys, Cowboys or Giants. Giants. Yeah, right. So the winner of this game will be watching the Sunday night game, which is the Washington Philly uh, battle, and so. Um, if, if one of these two teams, yeah, whoever wins this game, if Washington loses, they're in. So what do you think? I mean, obviously Dallas has been playing a lot better football. The Giants have been an issue. I mean, they're, they're, they're banged up at the quarterback position. Their running game is inconsistent at best. I, I just, I think that the Cowboys are a better team at this point. I mean, they're road favorites. They're two and a half points favorites here on Bovada. I, I just, I feel like with the weapons they have and Dalton playing better and better week after week, 
you feel better about them than you do about the Giants. But this is still Andy Dalton. I I I, I don't know. It's it's tough to read. I would have to say Cowboys though. If I if I'm putting money on this game, I'm going Cowboys. Yeah, totally agree. I think they're two teams going in completely different directions. The Eagles coming into last week, you know, I think we both picked them. Like the Eagles were just playing a lot better. The Cowboys beat a Niners team two weeks ago that was playing you know, was still had something to play for. They score 41 on them. They scored 30 on the Bengals, who then beat the Steelers the week after. You know, they kind of hung around in that Ravens game, too. And I, like, with Dalton kind of, like, getting up to speed, this has been, like, not a bad team down the stretch. And I think the Giants are a bad team at this point. They've been playing terribly the last few weeks. You're right, the quarterback position's an issue. But, you know, they're just, the injuries are just catching up to them all over the field. And I... I love Dallas here. And Andy Dalton, by the way, lot to play for. He makes a million dollars if he gets a million dollar kicker if they win this game and make the playoffs. So, um, you know, he's going to be very motivated to win this. And, you know, maybe that helps cement his next job as well, because he's been playing very well with, you know, admittedly a lot of weapons. Uh, and it just seems like he's very comfortable in McCarthy's team here late in the season. Decent one-week bonus, uh, I would say. Yeah, that. Um, <laughs> I would say. All right, what about Dolphins-Bills? Obviously, big uh, big game for Josh Allen against the Patriots on Monday night. Uh, that one cemented my loss in fantasy. But uh, the Bills playing great right now. I mean, I know you said that uh, you feel like Baltimore is the biggest threat. Uh, but both of these teams have something to play for. The, the Dolphins obviously have a playoff berth to play for. They have to win to have a chance of being mm-hmm. in. Uh, walk me through the playoff picture for, for the Dolphins here. Sure. So, well, for Buffalo, they don't have a lot to play for. They're similar to the Bucks in that, you know, they've got the division tied up, but, you know, you want to make sure that you've got the two seed and, you know, Pittsburgh's not playing Roethlisberger. So you think they probably are going to be in a good spot to get the two seed anyway. Kansas City's got the one lockdown. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's they're in a great spot there. As far as the Dolphins, the Dolphins are in a win and they're in scenario. But obviously, as you point out, like this is a this is a tough game for them. So Miami with a win, uh, w- makes I believe they make the playoffs, uh, but with a loss they're they're out. So um, you know they've got everything to play for, and it's interesting because you know you have talked pretty much as pretty much ad nauseum about Fitz versus Tua, and Brian Flores put it out there in plain sight for everyone to see that Fitz is his. You know when it comes to you know, winning a game late, it, he put in Fitzpatrick and he won in the game completely cold, running in from going to the bathroom late in the fourth quarter. I mean, this is, he's clearly their best quarterback and trying to serve the two masters of seeing what you have in your your top five pick and having the better player on a playoff caliber team. It's just, it's been a very delicate balance that he struck relatively well but I think that you're you know you're just cheating your team by not playing a better player at this point I agree I I don't I don't even know if I want to really root for the Dolphins I kind of like their 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 roster makeup and they've gotten through some tough injuries here at the end of the season but I just I don't know I I don't think they're much of a threat to to some of the the bigger uh the the better teams in the AFC and I I just I if maybe if they I don't know. I, I don't, I don't see it with Tua. I don't, I don't know if I like the relief pitching mentality that Brian Flores is operating under. We don't even have a line for this one on Bovada. I mean, I've seen it at one and a half for Buffalo, but I think it's because we don't know what Buffalo is going to do with, yeah. with the starters. And exactly. that's, a, that's a big question. So 
I don't know. This is a game that's unpredictable, and that's why Bovada doesn't have a lineup for it. But I, I, I don't really know what to make of it, even if we saw the starters for both teams. I think the Bills are kind of head and shoulders above the Dolphins, and that's certainly a matchup we could see in the playoffs. So I don't I don't particularly know if I want to see the Dolphins make the playoffs. Yeah. I, I Like, if you think of all the teams that are involved, and we'll get through it, but, you know, we've got Indiana, or Baltimore, Cleveland, Indy, Miami and Tennessee, four of those teams are going to make the playoffs. Miami is clearly the worst of those in my mind with everyone healthy, right? Like, I I mean, I like maybe with Fitzpatrick, they've got a different sort of vibe about them. But the fact is it's close enough between Fitz and Tua that they're not starting Fitz. So I don't know. To me, they're like, that's the least interesting or at least the least capable of springing a second round playoff upset let's say do they Would still you have the that? best defense of that group though because that matters yeah i don't know indy Maybe it's indy. close and indy did but with what up. indy just did with the collapse against the steelers i i don't know yeah and they've had a few yeah. of those you know you think about what the Bengals did to them earlier in the year like they, they've had a few of these games where it's like wait i thought i thought indy had a good defense and then they just don't show up so I think well, from a consistent AFC South for you, man. Yeah, that's true, which we love. <laughs> but, well, let's talk about the Browns then. Let's go to Brown Steelers. So obviously the Browns need a win just as much as the Dolphins do. Uh, Steelers, to your point, you know they could be resting some starters in this game as well. We know at least one of them will be. Uh, Browns ten point favorites at home for that specific purpose. Low number here at forty two on Bovada. I, I mean, you would expect the Browns to come in and win this, but the Steelers certainly don't want to roll over, even if they have backups playing in key spots and you know there you're going to hear more and more of course of the storyline the mason rudolph miles garrett thing and so rudolph gets his rematch essentially or or vice versa and i you know i think it's going to be very interesting because i do think that you know it's not going to be just a roll over and die type of game for pittsburgh especially because you know they want they were looking so terrible until the second half of that game last week you got to think that they're going to want to continue the momentum from that game and not just take whatever they've had and go into the second round and potentially, you know, at this point, I believe they would be the, they're likely to be the three seed. And I mean, I'm not sure if Tennessee can jump them and maybe they're, they end up at the four seed. You do not want to be playing, you know, Baltimore in the first round of your Pittsburgh. So I agree. I think that they're going to try hard. I, I mean, if that line is truly 10, I mean, I'm, I'm all over Pittsburgh there. I like, I do not see that difference in those two teams. That being said, like, what do you make of that Cleveland game, considering, you know, they didn't have anybody to throw to, essentially, in terms of their receiving core? I mean, it's it still a meltdown. To me, it's the Jets. You know, like, yeah, they don't have their top four receivers or whatever, but, like, they still have the best rushing attack in the NFL, arguably. And they just they just laid an egg. The Jets really took care of them the entire time. I mean, you should at mm-hmm. least be able to defensively shut down the Jets. I mean, the, Jets, the Jets have been playing better the last two weeks, but I thought I thought the I thought the Rams game was fluky. Jared Goff played bad that game, and he's had those inconsistency issues, and he's not going to play this week, which we'll get to. But I, I don't know. I, I, I to me that game was a game that the Browns needed to win obvi- for obvious mm-hmm. reasons, but also just to prove that that this this whole season hasn't been a fluke. And they went out and they did a, the most Browns thing ever, and they lost to the worst team in the NFL. Uh, you know, you could argue the Jaguars are the worst than the Jets, but it's one of those two teams for sure. I just, to me, I have no confidence in this Browns team going into the playoffs. They do not scare me if I'm an opponent going to play them in the playoffs. Uh, I don't believe in them at all anymore. And and I know it's only one week and you kind of have to throw it out the window because of 
the injury and the COVID issues, but I, I just I don't I don't believe in them. I, I think they could lose to an undermanned P- Pittsburgh team here, and we're we're not even talking about them being in the playoffs. Yeah, that's man. I mean, and that's the case. And Cleveland has created enough separation for themselves that even with the loss, they've got a, a decent shot. If any of those other teams lose, but you know, all these teams in the AFC in that mix are playing teams that have nothing really to play for. So I hate that at the end of the season too. I know, you know, we talked about fantasy and how it ends week 16 in a lot of leagues. And, you know, I I hate that there's teams like, I hate that you don't get the true matchup because it totally shakes up the playoff picture. Um, And obviously it is all, they're all division games. So they, they wanted it to be good. It's just kind of worked out that way. I think this year, I know, know? but it it happens. It happens every year to an extent. I think this year we're seeing a little bit more than usual, but it, it it does. You'd, you'd like to see the last week of the season. You'd like to see the games the way it was meant to be when it was scheduled. And mm-hmm. unfortunately for, for us, we're not going to see that. And, you know, maybe it, you're absolutely right. It, it, maybe it doesn't matter, but I think it should. And I don't know how you stop a team from resting players when you're locked into a position or you're in a position you feel comfortable with. There might not be a way to do it, but it is unfortunate in my opinion. I, I completely agree with everything you're saying. I think that it just broke really bad for everyone, essentially. Like, had Pittsburgh not come back in that game against Indy, like, that becomes uh, for sure the Sunday night game, Pittsburgh-Cleveland, you know? And that's, like, with the division on the line, everyone was – it was looking like that for weeks. Like, this was all leading to this. And, um, you know, and, and like you said, like, the Browns just didn't take care of business. And, unfortunately, now all it leaves is four matchups – that are all or five matchups that are all independent with one team having everything to play for and one team having, you know, essentially nothing, which it, it does suck. You're right. It'd be cool to have like some kind of last month flex scheduling, you know, to be able to work it out. But uh, I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah, I doubt it. All right, let's move on to Vikings Lions. Uh, this is, you know, an NFC North matchup that doesn't matter. Dalvin Cook's not playing. His father passed away and he will be missing the game for that. But you know, it's a big number. Uh, you, you got a huge number here at 54, but Vikings coming to six and a half point road favorites. Obviously, there's not much to talk about here other than maybe what to look toward in the offseason for these two teams. I, I don't know. I mean, the Detroit Lions, you've got decisions to make with Kenny Galladay, who had a kind of an abs- a weird situation this year where he never was put on IR, but he missed every game because of a, you know, a, a hip injury that was it was maybe, a, maybe a, a not. Big, real. We don't really know. Yeah, we don't really know what that was about, but. Uh, Matt Stafford obviously banged up a lot this year. There's there's some significant situations in this game that you want to figure out in the offseason. But for the week, I don't know. I'm staying away from it as a betting person because I don't I don't think that I can read it one way or the other. Yeah, the um, Lions looked horrible though. <laughs> I think it, it's it's worth saying the Lions looked about as bad as a football team can look a week ago. I mean, Chase Daniel is like somehow he keeps getting paychecks and I have no idea because he's just like so below average you know like at least take a shot at somebody else and you know when Matt Stafford gets hurt that that ship essentially sails and you know they're they're starting their what their quarterbacks coach is their interim coach because of COVID and I don't know it's a mess they they're ready to pack it up and move on and so for that reason I, I do like the Vikings even without Dalvin Cook because we've seen in the past that Alexander Madison is not a massive downgrade you know from I mean, Cook is amazing, but they're still able to function pretty well with Madison in the backfield. So, I, you know, Mike Zimmer is definitely the type to, like, you know, try to motivate his players and not settle for a total tank, although they looked horrible defensively last week, obviously, with Alvin Kamara running all over that defense. 
I just think the Vikings are are clearly more motivated, even if they have nothing to play for at this point than than Detroit does. Fair. Uh, what about Jets Patriots? Another game that doesn't matter, but the Patriots, another team that has a lot to figure out this off season. What direction they want to go, especially at the quarterback position? You saw Cam Newton get benched for Jarrett Stidham in a terrible sure. Monday night performance. The Jets have been playing better. I mean, the Jets are three point underdogs in New England. I, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Jets come in and win, but such a low number here, 39 and a half on Bovada. This is a stay away for me. I don't think I care to see one moment of this game, but what do you think? How do, how do you lean when it comes to, to gambling? I agree. I, I mean, it's not worth watching, but I'll put some dollars on the Jets. They're already locked into their number two pick. Can't get worse. Can't get better. You know, they're clearly playing it out again. Like we're trying to identify motivations and, you know, that offense suddenly is like sort of healthy and they're beating two potential playoff teams in back-to-back weeks. And I don't know. I, I like them here. And I think that the Patriots have a lot more to lose to gain by losing, if that makes sense. And I know that Belichick was very upset with the loss last week, but I, I don't know. I, I think that um, if I had to put money on it, I'd put it on the Jets. I'll probably put a couple bucks on them. Why not? I like it. So there, you'll, you'll be one of the few to bet on the Jets this weekend, so that's good. Uh, <laughs> that's what right. about your Packers going to, 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 I guess, coming to here to play the Bears? Mm-hmm. The Bears still with plenty to play for. The Packers, are they locked in to the one seed? No, they have, to win. So, okay. they have to win. Yep. So it's a big game for both of these teams. Green Bay is favored. Um, I'm seeing on Bovada five and a half for the road Packers. I, I was interested to hear your thoughts on the usage of Aaron Jones. I know we've seen this quite a bit from Green Bay with Aaron Jones and, you know, Devontae Adams and others. Obviously, they want to have fresh legs going into the playoffs, especially with the question marks around Jamal Williams. What did you like out of A.J. Dillon? I mean, he, he, did, he definitely looked good. I think he had 24 carries up for over 100 yards in the game. Uh, you know, he looked good. Do you think that's a player that, that will see more and more usage into the playoffs, or do you think it was more about keeping Aaron Jones healthy? And how do you see this one shaking out? 52 is a big number for these two teams, a big rivalry, but Green Bay just putting points on the board on everybody. Yeah, and so are the Bears. I mean, the Bears have scored 30-plus in four straight weeks, I think. So I know that they've been playing, like, if you look at their schedule, it's been pretty pretty easy. But still, you know, they've got a little momentum going. So I think that this could be a really fun game. Um, you know, the Packers defense playing a lot better. I, You know, A.J. Dillon, this is why they drafted him. They drafted him for the late season, the comps to – you know, to Derrick Henry are obviously not fair, but I think that that type of back in a game with this type of script that came about um, against Tennessee was pretty much ideal. Uh, but, you know, with Jamal Williams healthy and active and, you know, presumably in more meaningful games for Aaron Jones, I would expect his usage to be a lot less. And I think the issue with that with Dylan is he's not like an overly explosive back. I mean, he's got you know, he had some big runs and I think he'll get better as he gets over COVID. Um, he was sidelined for the longest amount of time of any player this year, by the way, with COVID. So, you know, I think that that had some effect on him physically for whatever reason, but like, I, I, I think it's more about next year for Dylan. Like you'll, you'll see him kind of drop in and especially in a snowy game, or if they're up by multiple scores, he might come in, but generally like they're going to want to use Aaron Jones. He's so obviously their best. And I, and I can understand being frustrated with the usage with Aaron Jones because you just see the explosion. I mean, it's it's been evident since the second he stepped on the field that we watched him several years ago for him. He's just 
he's, you know, he's their Kamara. He's their, I mean, he's like a more explosive version of that for them. And they know how important he is. And that's why they're not running him, um, you know, in situations where they don't need to, because they need him against, you know, the Bucks and the Saints and those types of teams in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to see kind of how that, that backfield usage does shake out as you move forward. The good thing about, for the Packers, the best problem for them is that they have a lot of weapons. So yeah. one guy goes down, yeah. they don't take a huge drop-off, which is, is a key thing for a team that relies heavily on their offense. But for the Bears, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's just been kind of uh, an interesting story to see Mitch Trubisky work his way back into the good graces on a team that, you know, this team was – we were laughing at them halfway through the year. I mean, we, we they start the season – with uh, losing like what was it five six straight toward toward the middle of the year? Uh, well, they were they were four and one, and then they were four and six, I think, right? Yeah, so six straight, so or five yeah. straight, five straight, five straight, and then they've won since then all of them, yeah, maybe except and, for the Packers game. You know, their schedule was in their favor, but they've looked good, and they have weapons. You know, we're finally starting to see them use Allen Robinson the right way. David Montgomery has worked his way into the conversation of a top 10 running back in the NFL. I mean, maybe top five the second half of the year. Certainly one of the top fantasy options. Um, sure. So, you know, the Bears are they're, – they're, they're, I don't know if they're for real. I don't know if they win this game, but they, they, they certainly – have a conversation to be had this offseason about what to do with Mitch Trubisky because he's looked significantly better than Nick Foles uh, did before he yes. went down with the injury. No question. I mean, he looks way more comfortable. And again, like down this stretch, they played the Packers defense, then the Lions, the Texans, Vikings, and Jaguars. So I don't want to get too carried away, but I think that this game is such a huge referendum on the Matt Nagy era, the, you know, truly the Mitch Trubisky era what they do with Allen Robinson, maybe even this off season. I mean, there, there are a lot of balls in the air here because if they win, they're in, if they lose and the Cardinals win, they're out. So, and that could very easily happen. The Cardinals going against John Wolford, which we'll get to, but I mean, that's like, what a conundrum, you know, like, I mean, and so much hangs in the balance for their, for this entire organization based on this game. And, you know, it's, unfortunately for them, they've got a team in the Packers that right now is just playing so well. And it's, I think that it's going to be a super difficult task, but you know, if they win this, like all bets are off, they can beat anybody in the playoffs at that point. And that's, I can't believe I'm even saying that for a Mitch Trubisky led team, but he, you know, they have got a good vibe going between those two guys right now. And he looks like a completely different quarterback at this point. Yeah, well said. All right, let's talk about a game that doesn't matter after to follow up one that, that certainly does. The Raiders-Broncos, aren't you? I know none of us care about this game. The Raiders, <laughs> two-and-a-half-point favorites. I guess, you know, the the, the the story here that I'm not intrigued by, but I, I'm anxious to see kind of what the, the, the deal here is with, with Carr in the offseason. You know, is he mm-hmm. somebody that they want to continue to try to build around? Because he had some injury issues. He had some production issues. I mean, he's had really good moments this season and really, really poor moments this season. Uh, and, and Josh Jacobs banged up a lot as well. I, I just, I guess, I'm more concerned with the direction at the quarterback position of both the Raiders and the Broncos here going into the offseason. Anything you wanted to comment on there? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. You, you talk about Carr; that's obviously going to be a question for them. But yeah, the other side, you got Drew Locke, and you know the the Broncos are going to be right in that position to get you know a top ten pick. They're five and ten, assuming they lose, they're going to five and eleven. And, you know, you're in a draft where it looks like four quarterbacks are going to go in the top half of the first round, if not top 10. And they're squarely in that mix. I mean, what have you seen from Drew Locke that makes you feel like, you know, he's their guy. He's 14 touchdowns, 15 picks so far. Uh, 
I know that they've been banged up at the receiver position. No, Cortland Sutton, he himself has been banged up, Drew Locke. But I don't know, man. Like, you look across the field, and I, I don't think the Raiders are super happy with Carr. If I'm the Broncos, Derek Carr is like a dream scenario for Drew Locke, you know? So, you know, when you when you sort of game out what the future could be for Drew Locke, I, I, I mean, I would be looking at, at the next guy personally, but I, I doubt they'll do that. Yeah, he has not. Uh, he has not lived up to expectations. I know that you know. Obviously, John Elway and Vic Fangio wanted him to be the guy, and you know we saw we saw moments, but uh, he, he just doesn't seem like a franchise quarterback to me at this point. And I, I, I I'm starting to waver on whether or not I think Derek Carr is that as well. Um, so mm-hmm. it, you know, this division. Do you think he'll be a starter next year, Carr? Yeah, somewhere. I, I do, and I I, mm-hmm. I think it'll be in Las Vegas. Cause I don't think Gruden's going anywhere. And I think, I think they've developed a bond and I, I think Gruden still has confidence in Carr. Um, and I, I think he still could be a good starting quarterback in the NFL. I just, I just don't know if, if they're ever going to win anything with him as their quarterback. That's the problem. Yeah. They could we be, talk about this. They could be probably. in the hunt in perpetuity with him, yeah. but they can't, they're not going to be a, a, a contender. Right. He's, he's just good enough, but he's like, so uh, he's like the exact, you know, there are 32 starting quarterbacks. He's 16, you know, yeah. like he's right in the middle, if not a little lower than that. And, um, you know, like guys like Matt Stafford and Matt Ryan could be available this offseason. I think Derek Carr, I, I don't know. I, I, I liked him a lot out of Fresno. I'm I'm just not sure, like you say, like I, I don't think that he's going to be the guy unless, you know, he could be the quarterback on a team with a great defense and great weapons and go to the Super Bowl. Right. But I don't think that he'll. Well, they don't have a great defense, but they, they certainly have. That's a good comp. Derrick Henry. That's a great comp because, like, what they have with Tannehill, I think, is is perfect for them. But Derrick Carr needs to be surrounded by that type of talent. And, you know, offensively, in terms of guys to throw to, he just does not have those weapons right now. No, outside of Waller, there's not much there. Right. And Josh Jacobs, I, I thought it was an underwhelming season for him as well. Agreed. I, I yeah, Jacobs – this is, I mean, it's hard to spend high picks on running backs because he was as about as sure of a thing, and they're giving him all the touches, and he just he doesn't have that explosion. I feel like that merits that type of pick personally. No, I mean he breaks a lot of tackles, but yeah, he's he's just not getting the separation you would hope for out of a yeah a three down back. And really, he yep. at, toward the end of the season, I know he was facing some injuries, but he wasn't really a, a three down back. They mixed in uh, Booker and uh, you know Richard. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. There's there's, there's certainly some storylines to look at at the off season, but this the game is not one that will be highly uh, rated, I'm sure. Uh, but what about Jaguars, Colts? The Colts just kind of need to take care of business here, but uh, they they wouldn't even be in this position if they just took care of business against the Steelers. That game to me was more telling than anything that happens this weekend for Indianapolis. That's the thing. I completely agree, and it's you know people are talking about oh you know you got to make just get us in the dance, but. Every team has multiple chances to get in the dance, you know, and like that, that was, you have a half to keep a, preserve a 17 point lead. That's your bad offense against a team that looks like horrible. They look horrible. And Philip Rivers turns over the ball and, you know, they get away from the run game that had gotten them to that point. And, you know, and the defense folded up as you talked about earlier. So I, I mean, you know, I don't have a lot of pity for this Colts team at this point. Uh, like, you had your chances, and, you know, maybe they sneak in. They need help. I mean, they got to win, and then they need one of those other teams to lose, basically. They should win. 
but the Jags are also locked into number one. So, you know, they can just sort of like pin their ears back, you know what I mean? And like, just let it all hang out. And I think that that's, that's something I'd be nervous about as a Colts fan is like, if this team, even though they're way, way worse, you know, just decides to, you know, we've seen flashes out of them. It's not like they're completely inept. They are probably the worst team, as you said earlier, but I don't know. I, I like the Jaguars to cover a big spread here. 14 on Bovada, but They'll be without James Robinson again. Looks like DJ Chark might not play. Uh, so they're certainly, you know, mm, the Colts should yeah. win this game, but 14 points is a lot. I don't know. I just, the Colts, they don't excite me. Phillip Rivers has, has never excited me as a starting quarterback for a contending team. And <clears throat> obviously we've seen so many examples of that with the Chargers. I just, this team reminds me of all of those Chargers yes. teams that went to the playoffs and could never get anywhere. It's so true. I mean, like the flashy defense that makes big plays at times, but also folds up in big moments, you know, rivers, and then the running backs are similar. It's so funny. You're right. They're, they're eerily similar to those Chargers teams. If I was a Colts fan, I'd just be so mad that uh, about everything that transpired at the quarterback position these last few years, obviously. Seriously. You know, oh my God. Yeah. Couldn't have really gone. Cause, cause yeah, I mean, rivers will, it'll keep you in the conversation, but He's not getting you anywhere. He's just not. He's just not that good. Right, and luck was he's, he's a Hall of Famer, Lawrence. probably, but he's a gunslinger. I'll give you all of that. Like he's a Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's a Jameis Winston. Like he'll he'll keep it exciting, but he'll keep it exciting for bad things just as much as good. And I just I, I don't know. I just the Colts to me, maybe they'll come out and surprise me and win a playoff game, but they they are by no means a contender at any point. Yep. I agree. I mean, if they, their ceiling is winning a game in the playoffs and I, you know, we talk about those five teams, like I, I'd rather see them in than the Dolphins, but not that much more. <laughs> yep. What about so, Chiefs yeah. Chargers? Chiefs, nothing to play for. Uh, it looks like we're going to see Chad Henney at the quarterback oh position. Oh my God. Uh, so for yeah. that reason, we've got the Chargers coming in as the favorite in this game, but uh, Bovada doesn't have a lineup. I've, I'm seeing it elsewhere at uh, three and a half for the chargers on the road. I don't know. I mean, the chiefs to me are not great right now. They're just not, they should have taken care of business against Atlanta. That shouldn't have been a close game. Uh, the injury to Clyde Edwards, Elaire is I think way more significant than anybody really has given it credit. Mm-hmm. Livion bell looks horrible and, and he only had seven or eight touches in that game. Uh, Daryl Williams really took over the workload at the running back position. And I just, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like as, as the season wears on teams, aren't as threatening because these are professional coaching staffs that figure out a way to game plan certain things. The one thing you have to just kind of keep in the back of your mind is they just have so many damn weapons that they can beat you with. But I don't know, outside of Tyreek Hill and and Travis Kelsey, there's not a lot to fear with uh, outside of Patrick Mahomes and and those two guys. I just, they they don't scare me as much as I would have thought they did. I still think they're probably by maybe a hair of the best team in the AFC, but I would be nervous to your point if I played Baltimore if I play, you know, even even Tennessee would be a, a game that I think mm-hmm. they could match up well. I don't think the Chiefs. They did last that. year. Yeah. Yeah, the Bills too are another team that would scare me. And I mean, I I don't know, like, dude, the the Chiefs since was it week? Uh, it was November first. They beat the Jets thirty five to nine. They haven't covered since then. November first. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks in a row they haven't covered. I mean, that's that's not good for the Chiefs. And as you say, like they give up, they only score 17 against a bad, pretty bad Falcons team. Let's just call it what it is with nothing really to play for. I, I don't know that. Uh, 
that's this is a team that I'd be I'd be concerned, but I think that you know for them the time off is going to be good because they can kind of like reset. It does seem like Edward Delaire will be back if for their second round game. It's looking like because they're the one seed, they'll probably play you know one of these teams that sneaks in. So maybe you know they end up playing like the sixth seed, which I mean it could be Baltimore, Cleveland. <laughs> but if you got Cleveland in the second round to make the Super Bowl, I mean come on, yeah. like what are we doing? So. It's very possible that that's the position they're in. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I like, I think it's a good time to buy low a little bit on them, but I, you know, you have to be a little bit aware because it's been six weeks, seven weeks of this now that they, either their defense or their offense, they just haven't played like a complete game. And we saw them get nearly get beat by Tennessee last year. So it's not, it's not crazy to think that that could happen to them. Yeah, we'll see. I, I just, you know, I, w- I wish they were more of a sure shot at this point uh, if I was a Chiefs fan. But uh, let's move on to Cardinals-Rams. This is one of the games that has the most significant playoff implications of the weekend. Um, you know, Kyler Murray's banged up. I still, I've, I've been frustrated with Kyler Murray and, and him not getting the ball to DeAndre Hopkins in big spots. I know Hopkins dropped a touchdown right before halftime a week ago, but I, I don't have a lot of faith in the Cardinals. But then you talk about the Rams and... They've got their top two running backs who are out on the IR currently, and they're you know got Malcolm Brown and you mentioned uh, what's this what's this guy's name that Wolford is that John Wolford yeah That's he your was boy. Uh, is it AFL <laughs> yeah your boy John Wolford is he a Wake boy. Forest guy I think he is I believe you're right about that the reason I know that in... is Jesse Bates the Bengals uh, best best uh, defensive player played with him yeah, in college and he's said something awesome. about it but. Uh, yeah, gotcha. so the Rams come in and they're, they're without Jared Goff. Maybe, uh, in, in a lot of situations, I'd be like, that might be a good thing because he's been so yeah. consistent. But I just, what do you, I don't know. This game, I don't know what to make of it. It's another game that I, I, is a coin flip for me. The Cardinals come in as three-point favorites on the road. I would think that they would take care of business, but this could be one of those games where, you know, the Rams defense steps up big and has, has a big game against Kyler Murray, who's shown some inconsistency these last few weeks. Yeah, he has. He's obviously a little bit banged up and playing it up a little bit, as we've joked about. But I, you know, I, yeah, like Jared, Goff, there is no way John Wolford can be worse than what Jared Goff looked like the last two weeks. I, I bet on teams with Dwayne Haskins and Jared Goff starting in the second round of games last week, and it was torture. They were both just so damn bad. I mean, Dwayne Haskins, we can get to the Washington team, but they're just, he's the worst quarterback I've seen this year. I mean, he is so bad, but golf, you know, golf was obviously not himself. And um, yeah, like, I mean, that version of him is not the one that the Rams need in the playoffs. So why not try it with, with Wolford? And yeah, I mean, that being said, I just, I agree. Like, I think that the, the Cardinals, first of all, they've seen this defense a lot, this Brandon Staley defense. And I just think that there's, it's hard to game plan against that speed with Kyler. So I do my hunch is that the Cardinals will get it done. And if that does happen, the bears are in the playoffs, regardless of what happens with the backers. So um, that would make for a very interesting couple first round matchups there in the NFC. Yeah. Fascinating. Uh, what could, could transpire between those three teams. All right, let's yeah. go to Seahawks Niners. Let's stay in that division. Uh, the Niners, they, you know, that was a big win for them, I think, going into the offseason. I think getting that momentum, uh, you know, getting George Kittle back, he played a pretty good game at almost 100 yards receiving. Uh, you know, it's just you like to see a team that had so much potential coming into the year uh, after obviously going to the Super Bowl, um, you know, kind of get back to winning 
against a, a playoff caliber team, but they're at home now. Or well, are they still playing in Arizona? I guess they are. Yeah, they are. So yeah. They're, they're not at home, but they're playing against <laughs> the Seahawks team in Arizona. That uh, Seahawks really, I, I mean, seeding is really what they, they have to play for at this point. How much can they move on you? They, they can get the one seed if they win – the Saints win. If they end up in a three-way tie with the Packers, they make they get the one seed. So they've they've got a lot to play for. All these teams are playing in that three o'clock central time slot. So you know they'll all be scoreboard watching, but they won't necessarily know. Um, and you know Seattle has not looked great either. You want to talk about this whole NFC West? Really, other than the, other than the Niners, has not looked great here last week. And so um, I know Seattle does sneak out that win, but they didn't look good and. I, I don't know. I, I think that this is this is a dangerous spot for Seattle. I, I think that they win because they have more to play for, but I'm not super confident about it because, you know, they just haven't been the same team these last month or two. Yeah, six-point favorites. I, I kind of like the Niners to cover this. I think this could be yep. one of those games that's a dogfight, comes down to a field goal. The Seattle, Seattle probably wins it by that field goal, but I – you know, I like the Niners. I like them to keep it close. And Jeff Wilson Jr. was a revelation last week. If you had him in your fantasy championship, you probably did okay. Uh, I think you're probably winning close yeah. to 200 yards in that game. So a big performance by him in a backfield that's been just an absolute carousel this year. So yeah, what about? Saints? I think that's that's a good sign for next year, though. Just if there's one guy in San Francisco in, in the Kyle Shanahan offense where it's clearly it's just like one guy, you know, with injuries or whatever else. I think we need to we need to make sure that we value that specific player because Jeff Wilson or when Mostert had the chance he's been great too. I mean it's that's that is a uh, that's the key to an RB one right there. Breaking news: Philip Rivers says he could retire after that game. Wow! If they, if they don't make the playoffs. Um, so, oh my! Okay. Yeah, so which uh, are the Colts are hoping so. Yeah, Colts end up like just losing on purpose because, it, because <laughs> they take. Uh, that'd be great. Uh, what about the other team that could get the one seed? I guess technically the Saints, uh, mm-hmm. if they if they win, Packers lose, Seahawks lose. They, they get the it. one seed, so that's the only yep. way. But uh, they play the Panthers mm-hmm. on the road. Panthers, not a lot to play for. It's kind of a lost season for them. Really, McCaffrey being down for as long as he's been has been. Uh, yeah, obviously tough to see for fantasy owners, but the Panthers would love to see a healthy McCaffrey. I don't think he plays here in Week 17. Uh, but there's He's still out. Some Mike things... Davis is out. Oh, wow. Still yeah. some things to be excited for for the future for Carolina, but I would expect the Saints to take care of business. I'm surprised this line's not bigger. It's only 6.5 mm-hmm. here on Bovada, so I think the Saints win this one a bit bigger than that. Yeah, I, I think I agree too because they, they do have quite a bit to play for here, as you say. And so, I mean, I like – the Panthers, I bet, again, I bet a lot on, uh, for me, um, Dwayne Haskins being them because I just figured Panthers have nothing to play for. They're they're out there slinging it around for Matt Rule. And, um, you know, again, we're trying to identify motivation. This is a team that's motivated to win, even without, again, without McCaffrey, without Mike Davis. They're, they're going to see what they've got in Trenton Cannon and whoever else they've got, you know, I, like, so – We'll see. I, I, I think that the Panthers are I, like, I would bet the Saints. I agree that they've got all this to play for. And even if they pull Drew Brees, like we know that Taysom Hill and even Jameis Winston is probably going to be the best quarterback on the field. So I don't know. I like, I think that that's, it's going to be, it's going to be a very interesting um, game because the Saints need to get that momentum going into the playoffs. They have not been, you know, a super exciting team like many of these teams in the NFC heading into the playoffs. 
Yeah, I'm not excited about Drew Brees uh, running the show, and I'm not excited yeah. about anything behind him either. So you just kind of you have to hope. Yeah, you have to hope you can ride that Kamara train. I'm yep. at, at quarterback for for. The oh season. yeah, yeah. Winston, come on. No, I'm not. I mean, I'm, I I'm excited. I'm excited to watch Winston, but it's a train wreck that we're just waiting to see to see happen. So. <laughs> Yeah. What about Titans Texans? JJ uh, Watt not a happy camper after the Bengals beat the Texans. I don't. I, I didn't expect to see that happen. I think the Texans are still a much better team, but that defense is really bad. The Titans need a win. I think the Titans come in and take care of business. Seven and a half is the line here on Bovada, favoring the t- the Titans. Excuse me. Yeah i I wouldn't get too caught up in what happened last week with the Titans at the Packers. That was just you know they seemed relatively checked out pretty early in that game, whether it's the weather or they just knew it wasn't their night, whatever the case may be. I fully expect them to get back on track this week. And, you know, they need to win again. And um, I I think the Texans will show some fire after what J.J. Watt said. But that all being said, like, you know, the better team should win this. And the Titans, they need to look good in this game because I I don't like their chance. I mean, their ceiling is they can win. They can win the the AFC. But their their floor is obviously getting beat by these Texans and not making the playoffs. So um, a lot at stake here for Mike Vrabel's team. Yeah, and and they've been very very inconsistent, much like the Colts. There's so much parity in this division. I, yeah. I don't know what to see. I, I hate the AFC South. It's been well documented. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know. You just flip a coin. Whatever whatever happens. But you're right. They they can beat anybody when they're playing their best football. Both of those teams. So. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it shakes out. All right, let's let's close it down with Washington and Philadelphia. I kind of wish there was a better game on Sunday night. There's they should have flexed, you know, Arizona and LA or one of those games yeah. that has more implication. But you you would expect Washington to to win and take care of business to make the playoffs handily. But I don't know. The Eagles are more exciting to me, and I, I feel like that defense of Washington is very good. But the one thing that can you know mess with a very good defense is a mobile quarterback, and Jalen Hurts is that. Now he did make some big mistakes last week, uh, mistakes that he really probably shouldn't be making. But um, I don't know. I, the line's pretty much a coin flip as well. Washington's two point favorites on Bovada. The, the number's low at forty three for the over under. I, I think Washington wins it, but I, I don't know. I think it's kind of a win ugly situation. Yeah, I mean, and that's been the ML for Washington this whole season. It does seem like they'll have. I want to say they'll have all their pieces. It does seem like Alex Smith is going to play, but. Terry McLaurin, high ankle sprain, probably not going to play. I assume he'll push himself if they make the playoffs. But this is a playoff game for them. I mean, they have to win or they're out. And that's, I think that's why they flexed it, because it's the only game where the team like fully controls its own destiny. And then they obviously have hurts on the other side. So they want to get, you know, they know people's eyes will be glued to him a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is... This is really interesting, and I I have no confidence in Washington at this point. Like, the way they looked against a Carolina team that, again, had nothing to play for last week is – that's a disaster for me going into the playoffs. Like, I mean, if you're hoping to see a team that, you know, sort of captures what Seattle did a few years ago with the Beast Quake game or whatever, you know, that one of these NFC East teams is able to spring an upset – in the first round at home, I mean, I don't think that it's this Washington team. I think I'd most want to see Dallas of any of them. Yeah, I think they're the most exciting because of the pieces they have, the weapons they have on the offensive side of the ball. But, yeah, there's there's a lot to kind of unpack here this weekend. Obviously, we tried our best to do it 
throughout going through all these games. I know it took us a little bit longer. But, uh, yeah, exciting week 17 ahead, some big games, some some games that can move the needle for the playoff picture. But uh, anything you wanted to add, Anshu, I know it uh, – I know it's a big weekend for your Packers. They can secure that number one seed. I will be rooting for them, despite what I said in frustration after uh, after Aaron Jones did not did not take me to a fantasy title. But uh, I, I will be rooting for your Packers that. this weekend. And uh, you know, like I said, a lot lot of fun stuff going on. Yeah, man. Hopefully they're able to do it. I appreciate that. I think that you know it's a very exciting time to be a Packer fan, and you know it's the Bears. So the chance to knock them out in Week 17 is a a tradition unlike any other, and I'm I'm very hopeful they're able to to pull the plug on. Well, actually, I, I kind of hope that Trubisky has a good game, and then they just like lock him in long term. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, it's going to be fun. It's not just them, of course. We almost all those games have some kind of implication. So um, even though you know you've got like mixed motivations in those games, at least you know almost all of them matter, which is cool. So hopefully, hopefully we get a good group of teams in this playoffs I think we will and then you know next week it'll be really fun to try to pick off some of these playoff matchups because we're going to have two extra games in the first round so six first round games is going to be wild to, to parse through yeah excited for it it should be fun for Anchu Kana I am Josh Dunn our time on the underdog sports fantasy hour has come to an end we will see you guys ahead of those wild card playoffs <laughs>